This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 430 with Natalie Hickson. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 430. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive in with Natalie today, I have to share a little experience with you all. So a couple weeks ago, I woke up and I had a bunch of messages on Facebook and posts that I was tagged in with shameless moms saying that they were up and they were feeling so sad and they were, some of them were crying and just feeling really, really disappointed and bummed out because that was the day that so many shameless moms were supposed to fly into Seattle from all across the country for shameless mom con 2020. And in the meantime, we had postponed the event until May and quickly after that, we realized that even May wasn't going to work. And we realized that bringing people together in the spring for Shameless Mom Con just wasn't going to be an option in the current state of affairs. And what first crossed my mind was, well, I guess we're just not going to do it this year. And then when I thought about these women who were sitting at home on March 25th, March 26th, crying because they couldn't be together. They couldn't come together to learn and to grow together. They couldn't hear from our guest speakers who were going to be speaking on imposter syndrome and fear and ambition and opportunity and cultivating passion and money mindset and hiding versus shining. When I realized how heavy and hard that was for them, 
I knew I would be doing a disservice to just flat out cancel the event. So I knew I had to get creative and scrappy (laughs) because that's what I do. And so what I ended up doing was making this decision with my team that Shameless MomCon would go on just in a different way. And so what we ended up creating out of the Shameless MomCon experience that we originally planned was flipping it upside down and redeveloping it into a four-week immersive virtual experience called Shameless MomCon Collective. And we want you to come join us in the collective. The collective is a place for you to belong and relate. So the definition of collective is belonging or relating to all members of the group. And there's never been a time where we have needed to belong or relate more than right now. And I know many of you are in situations and scenarios where you might be missing belonging and relating, or you might find you're really struggling with how you belong and relate, being trapped in your own households with people who don't relate to you so well. And so Shameless MomCon is happening just in a new format. The Shameless MomCon Collective is going to give you access to all of my speakers who are going to be at Shameless MomCon, and we're actually adding a couple of new people. So you're going to be able to hear from all sorts of people who are going to give all the talks that were going to already happen at Shameless MomCon, but now they're going to be happening over the course of four weeks. We're also going to be having happy hours every week. We're going to be having coaching with me every week. There's all sorts of things that are going to happen in this collective that are going to give you what you need right now, that are going to give you that opportunity to restore hope, to lean into your innate power that you might really be struggling to find right now, to cultivate courage in hard times, in unprecedented and unpredictable times where you might be feeling a little bit out of control, and to give you those connections that you really need to feel that sense of belonging and relating that is so important. So I hope that you'll join us in the Shameless MomCon Collective. If you go to shamelessmomcon.com, you can get all the information. Registration is only open for a limited time, so please do pop over and check it all out now. Get yourself signed up. That's shamelessmomcon.com. We will see you in the Shameless MomCon Collective because you belong here. Natalie Hickson is a shameless mom, a wife, an auntie, and a certified professional life coach who helps discouraged moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. After learning to thrive in motherhood and process anger in healthy ways, Natalie became convicted to help moms avoid those dark years of motherhood by helping them to appreciate and process their anger, learn to identify their triggers, and ultimately control their reaction to those triggering situations. She enjoys her own motherhood journey by hanging with her husband, Mike, and their three daughters who are 9, 12, and 16 in Bozeman, Montana. She recharges with Jesus, coffee, and adventures with her family, doing activities like skiing, hiking, and swimming, and traveling year-round. So I loved having Natalie on the show. Anger is one of the things that you all have told me over and over you want me to talk more about. And so when I got connected to Natalie and knew that this was something that she has a great story around, a powerful story around, and some resources around, I was like, we got to make this happen. So Natalie was really gracious and forthcoming and open and transparent in storytelling around what her angers looked like in different places in her life and in different phases of her life. And she also talked really openly about what she's done to re-evaluate and re-regulate her emotions in order to be able to manage anger in a more safe and therapeutic way. So listen in to hear Natalie share what it was like to grow up in an angry household, how her anger got out of control, destructive, and dangerous in motherhood how she overcame destructive anger, the difference between healthy anger and destructive anger, how to use calm down time to re-regulate emotions during angry moments, how to teach your kids about anger through your own anger management, why you need to validate your anger and or your mom guilt, how to process anger in safe and healthy ways, 
why conflict in your household can be healthy and productive, and how to own your anger with your kids. So I know you're going to learn some great tactics in here, but I think you're going to mostly be inspired by Natalie's story. I think you're going to see yourself in different parts of the story and appreciate how transparent she was in terms of everything that she shares about really vulnerable moments in her life, in her mothering, that will let us all connect to some of our deeper, darker parts that I think sometimes we try to hide from one another. So I'm so, so grateful that Natalie joined me for this conversation. I think it's so valuable, so important, and I think it's going to be really transformational for some of you. So with all that said, let's go ahead and welcome Natalie to the Shameless Mom Academy. Natalie, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about anger, if that is such a thing. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that in our pre-interview when we were chatting, I mentioned that this is something that has been coming up in my community repeatedly in the last few months around like, how do we talk about anger and how can we not just try to bypass anger all the time? And you and I got like really excited about what a fun conversation we're going to have talking about anger. So I'm very excited to dive in and I appreciate that we have this like lighthearted attitude about the whole thing. Oh my word. I love anger. As I told you, I'm an anger advocate. I even have a little painting of anger from the movie, a Disney movie on my wall from my daughter because I just, anger's really cool. So I'm super excited to dive in. Oh, this is going to be good. Okay. So before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Totally. So yeah, life coach mom, my kids tell me last night I was talking my youngest in and talking to her about a challenge she experienced at her class last night. And she's like, mom, I'm so thankful I have a life coach mom. (laughs) This is like my dream for my seven-year-old to say this to me. I was like, she's like, mom, you're going to help so many people after dealing with us three girls. I was like, wow, Shay. I love it. So insightful. Yeah. So yeah, life coach home. I work at home and uh, my girls are actually homeschooled and my mom is their teacher and they go to her house for school. So I have a very interesting dynamic. Oh my gosh. I'm so intrigued by this because I've always said like, I'm not opposed to homeschooling. I just would never want to be the one to homeschool my child. And I love that you have outsourced this. It's so brilliant. And my mom loves it. Like I tried to take it away from her a couple times because I'll like, is this stressing you out? And she's like, do not take your kids. I'm like, okay, you can have them. <laughs> Amazing. Tell us the lineup of your kids, ages and or age range. Yeah, we have a nine, 12 and 16 year old. Nice. All girls. All girls. Oh my gosh. Oh, this sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of excitement maybe some high emotions at times. Oh, yes, absolutely. But I love it. I'm totally geared to be a mom for girls. And and we also like as family, we like to spend time skiing, hiking. We live in Bozeman, Montana. It's a beautiful place year round. Sometimes a little too cold for me, but <laughs> we travel when we can. <laughs> nice. Montana is stunning. I want to spend like, something on my list is to spend more time in Montana. So. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's just get right into the nitty gritty. So like I said, anger has been a hot topic in my community recently. And I think that it's something that's just really, really relatable about among moms, but no one talks about it. And so can you talk about what your relationship with anger has looked like over the years, and especially in motherhood? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm one who grew up in an angry household. The way my parents processed anger was yelling, screaming, slamming doors. They are much more mellow in their older age. (laughs) They're amazing. They've totally grown and I appreciate them so much. Obviously, they're teaching my kids school. So (laughs) I grew up seeing that's how anger was processed. And I didn't really understand there was any other way. And although it was traumatic and kind of scary as a child watching this, I just, again, didn't know, okay, this is how we do it. So fast forward, I married my high school sweetheart. And I also married a non-yeller, someone who passive aggressive or clammed up, didn't like confrontation. So he didn't yell back at me. So in our early years of marriage, I'd be screaming at him. Oh my gosh. Just so interesting. Yeah. And he's just like not screaming back. And I can even remember being like, why aren't you yelling at me? (laughs) Right. You were probably like craving that interaction. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I was like, what is going on? And I knew it was a problem. Like I didn't like it. I didn't like the anger I was feeling. But again, I just figured this is part of my lineage. I mean, we're Scottish, we're Irish. (laughs) Like We come from that lineage. And so I was just like, okay, this is how we do it. But then marrying a person who doesn't, I was like, this is interesting. So Fast forward to having our first child, Enya, we bring her home and, you know, things are all right. But as she's getting into her little two-year-old tantrums and stuff, I would react very poorly with her. You could find both of us on the floor screaming at each other, like two-year-old tantrums, mom's doing it with her. And again, I knew this wasn't okay. And I knew I was like being abusive. I mean, I would spank her out of anger. I would scream. I'd slam doors. I'd throw things. I can remember leaving little bruises arm or her butt. Yeah. And like my mom would come over. She lived next door at the time. She'd come over and take her from me because she knew I was so angry and she was afraid for my daughter. And so there was this challenge. And I still was like, I don't know how to work through this. I didn't know that there was a way to work through it. And then it started to become this thing where, and I think I did this in pre-marriage, like before kids too, where I kind of blame Mike, but it was more like, okay, if anyone would just listen to me, if she would just stop throwing fits, if she would just quit having this behavior, I wouldn't get so angry. So I started to place it on her. And A couple years later, we brought her sister home, and I can remember Enya's tantrums just got more and more epic, just crazy. And I remember nursing Skye, her sister, and hearing Mike, my husband, trying to calm Enya down through one of her tantrums. And I just got to the point where I lost it again, and my door shut. Like I'm in Skye's room, totally quiet totally sweet moment, right? Nursing, but I'm getting angry. And all of a sudden, I just let out this huge scream of just shut up, Enya. And of course, Enya couldn't hear me. She's in another room screaming herself. And Shay or Sky, she pops off, she looks at me, gives me this horrific face and just starts bawling. And I'm like, this can't keep going on. Something's got to change. And of course, even in that moment, I'm like, Enya needs help. So we took Enya to a therapist. And the therapist observes Enya. She talks to me and Mike. She has Enya leave the room and she looks at us and she says, Enya's a perfectly normal child in development for her age. Were you like, oh, no. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, yeah, of course you think that. She hasn't thrown any epic tantrums here. Like, you know, you're not at home with us. And she looks at me and she's like, Natalie, you're the one who needs to be in here. And I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) But 
deep down inside, as frustrated and shameful as I felt hearing her say that, I knew she was right. And I felt this relief that somebody was going to help me. And so let's fast forward four years through therapy. I left that office knowing a lot more about me, about my past, understanding a lot more about how we work and think, but I was still screaming at my kids. And I was like, this, okay, this isn't working. But what it did for me is it got the ball rolling. It helped me understand that personal development was something I needed to continue. And I wasn't going to settle with this pattern of destructive anger. And so I continued my journey. I continued reading books, doing various different things. I ended up in life coaching school because I wanted to help moms organize their life. And that didn't really take off for me. The school was great, but trying to help moms organize and that general like help you clear overwhelm didn't, I just couldn't get a message across. So this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. One night at a mastermind with some friends, business mastermind, I stay up late talking to a friend and we're talking about our motherhood journey and anger. And she had a podcast and she's like, Natalie, you've got to come on my show and talk to moms about anger and how you work through this. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. So I did that. And that was over two years ago now. And from her podcast, I created this, what I'm doing now, helping moms work through the destructive anger. And it totally shocks me because back in the day, right, when I was angry, there was no way that I would have ever thought I was helping other people work through this. But that's where I've landed myself today. Oh my gosh. Oh, so I have to just first thank you and really honor you for everything that you just shared because there's so many people that would not be able to share with that level of transparency and to come on a show with a big reach and say, like, I've left marks on my kid and I've screamed and I've made my child, you know, feel unsafe. And I've had to get people come and take my child from me because they were worried about me being safe. Like that is a huge level of vulnerability. So I so appreciate you sharing that piece because I think that there's a lot of us who feel real cozy, comfy, judging that kind of behavior. And there's a lot more of us than we would like to admit who can also relate to that kind of behavior. So that's the first and foremost piece of this. Beyond that, I think that what you've shared is relatable in so many different ways. And I think that we have those moments of feeling that overwhelming lack of control around emotion in motherhood. And for me, like it has definitely happened in ways that I couldn't see coming. And also in hindsight, like I remember one day in particular calling my husband and telling him, I said, I need, my son was like 18 months or two at the time. I said, I need you to come home from work right now. I'm afraid I'm going to spank Vinny. Like I was so frustrated with him and I can't, before that I could not have seen that moment coming. And since then I also, I'm like, I don't like, what could I have possibly been that upset about? Like, I'm, that's just not who I am, but you can get to these moments in when children are especially young, I think where you really like, you can quickly lose control of your emotion. And it is a really hard, overwhelming feeling. And so I think that the need for us to be talking about this more openly is just so, so critical. Because like you said, you were raised in a household where there was a lot of screaming. I was raised in a household where there was, I was probably like your husband, like zero screaming, zero, everyone was very conflict avoidant, like to an unhealthy extreme. And so for me to experience emotion in really acute ways feels very scary. It sounds like for you, it felt kind of comfortable. Like that's what you were used to, to the point that you didn't even recognize the, like, oh wait, this is a thing. Like this is a problem that I get really angry because you were just used to being around a lot of loud emotions. So I just want to express a lot of appreciation for the range that you've just of information you've just shared. I think it's really, really important. 
Absolutely. And something to speak to what you grew up in, moms that I work with who have that experience, it's almost harder for them because they come into it feeling even more shame because they didn't see this type of feeling expressed in their house. So they don't understand that it was felt, but they just didn't see it. And it almost complicates it more and makes them explode more because it's like all of the suppression their parents had actually went into you and now you're expressing it. And it's just, what is going on with me? And why am I like, quote, unquote, what's wrong with me? And that's something we'll talk about in a minute. But (laughs) yeah. So can you talk about how did you overcome destructive anger? Like, what were the steps that you started taking? So you started in therapy, and it sounds like that's where it began. What were the other pieces? You know, the biggest piece for me is coming to the realization that anger is not something you can get rid of. It's something you have to learn to work with. And when we resist anger, that's when we start to make things worse for ourselves. We start to tell ourselves we shouldn't be angry. We can't be angry. It's not okay to be angry. We feel shamed for feeling angry. And so we try to suppress it in any way we can. And then we end up exploding. We can't suppress anger. It's too strong of an emotion. And so by understanding how to work with anger and to work with our triggers and how to work through these issues and to accept and validate ourselves for feeling the way we feel. That's how we work through and overcome the destruction of anger because we're learning how to use it in a healthy way. Because when we look at emotions in general, especially the negative emotions, they're there to move us to an action. They're there to help us process something, to be productive. And what happens is we think that screaming is productive because it feels productive, but in reality, it's destructive, right? The productive thing to do is to say, hold on. And this is what I teach. Stop, breathe, and tune in. Okay. So we have to stop and we have to In this moment, if you're screaming at your kid or you're about to because you're just getting really, really upset, I say, okay, that's when you need to start breathing and you need to separate everyone. It's time for calm down, right? Like we'd call a timeout. And I like calm down time to be not a negative thing. It's a time for processing. It's a time to like step back and it's a time to model to our kids. We all need to work through our emotions, right? So we take that calm down time, that timeout period, and we're breathing because breathing resets our nervous system. It's actually a physical thing that happens within us when we breathe. We move a bone called a sphenoid bone in our brain, which massages the pituitary gland, which then sends out the hormones to relax the body. That's why breathing is so important. And so as you're calming down, then you're tuning into going, why am I so upset right now? What's really going on? What do I really want to have happen in this circumstance? And we can talk about all the various reasons of why we get upset, but that's kind of my like, that's where we have to go instead of screaming, threatening, belittling, telling the kids to have a consequence that when you're angry and you're giving out consequences in your <laughs> anger, it's not even doing what you want it to do. <laughs> We've all been there where you've given out a consequence and then you're like, oh, yeah. So I was just going to say my kids know that if I'm angry and I hand out a consequence, it's like void. <laughs> they know that- When mom calms down and we work through this, then I'm going to get my consequence. But first, we're going to work through this emotion in the moment. Right. I remember before I had a child being camping with some girlfriends and kids. And of course, you know, before you have your own kids, like you're just so high and mighty and judgy. And so my girlfriend had her two little kids who were probably like two and four at the time. 
and we're camping and the two-year-old is just a constant disaster and he keeps doing like everything she says to not do he does and so finally she's like she says to him like repeatedly over the course of a couple days if you do that again we're going home right now and I was like from putting on I used to work with kids in a psych hostel so I was like you know from a behavior modification standpoint like I'm like telling her the research and I'm like if you're going to you know give out consequences that you can't force mom on and then after I had a child I was like oh my god why did she not slap me like but this is totally what we do where we're like I'm just gonna throw out this consequence that I have no means to actually enforce like I'm not gonna actually quit vacation three days early because you decided to go play in the mud one more time you know right oh my gosh it was so easy to sit back and judge it though Mm -hmm. and that's the thing like it feels productive to say those things in the moment but we're not being productive it takes work to stop and create this awareness around what it is we're doing and why we're acting out and what are all the reasons around this that we are caused to. It's not just that our kid's not listening to us. There's other things that can be going on for us. So, and there is like after 15 times of telling your kids to do something, it's frustrating. And let me tell you, there's that difference between regular anger, like just emotional anger that we have and destructive anger. And if you raise your voice at your kids, if you get frustrated, if you tell your kids to go to their room, you're normal mom. All right. So it's okay if you've raised your voice at your kids. The difference between that and destructive anger is full on screaming rage at your kids. I would get to a point where I checked out, but I would still be screaming. And then I would come back into myself like, what just happened? Right. And there's this like crazy release of endorphins and all this stuff and you just completely check out and you've just like totally abused your kids. That's different than you're frustrated and you're raising your voice or your kids are being so loud you need to be heard so you have to really raise your voice, you know, or get a fog I've actually never done that, but I have suggested it. (laughs) Just get a (laughs) foghorn. Right, right, right. Well, and I think there needs to be some, I think it's really important to acknowledge that some anger can be healthy and that some anger is really normal and that it's okay for our kids to see us frustrated. You know, I was, again, like raised in this household where there was such a lack of confrontation and it didn't do me any favors. Like I never saw my parents divorced when I was four and a half and I never saw them argue one time. Like it made zero sense that they got divorced. I mean, I don't remember it now at this stage, but it was like, there was never like, wait, you aren't getting along? Like it was. And then after that happened, I was raised with a mom who was just, she was amazing as a mom, but she also didn't express anger to us or to other people in her life. And she was raised in a household that did the same, that like they just weren't conflict engaged people. They were all really conflict avoidant. And so I think that for me, I definitely felt like anger wasn't healthy or that it was like all of it was destructive. And also like as a high achiever kind of person, like if you were to feel yourself getting angry, like, well, you need to like check yourself and do something about that. Like you just need to be better. You know, and that is exactly what society tells us is we can't have a negative emotion. We can't be sad. We can't be angry. We can't be disgusted. We can't have fear. We're not allowed to feel those things. We're told that we have to be happy all the time. And I'll tell you, if you don't know how to experience the negative emotions, you will never feel joy in the fullest, best way because you can't. They're all the same thing. They're all emotion. And we have to understand and feel them all and process them all so we can feel them all to their best ability to what we're supposed to be feeling with them, right? So it's sad to see the shame 
which I love your, <laughs> what you're doing with that, to feel the, and see the shame around anger. And that's, you know, moms come to me all the time. I just want to get rid of my anger. And I'm like, you know what? You can't cut it off. Like you cut off your right arm. You have to live with anger. You can't not have it. It's something you have to work through. And so the other piece to the whole anger thing for me is, you know, I told you to stop, breathe and tune in. But you're still going to experience some destructive anger, even if you're not in a typical, like, it's not your go-to, okay? You may still just, even after raising your voice, or maybe you let out a threat that you didn't mean, either option, you want to come back and resolve issues with your kids, right? And this is what another reason why I'm such an anger advocate. I'm like, I love this because it helps you work through and process and model to your children how to work through the negative emotions. Because if we think that they're going to grow up and just be happy all the time, we're fooling ourselves. So how can we help them become more well-adjusted and process these emotions and not feel shame for feeling these emotions? So when I start working with moms, I say, okay, you know, you're still going to end up yelling. You're still going to do something you wish you didn't do. And this is how we're going to work through it. And I call it recovery. And the recovery piece is that after you've calmed down, you go back to your kids. And the first thing you do is you look in them like eye level or sit next to them looking in their eyes and you take responsibility for your actions before anything else. Kiddo, I'm really sorry that I screamed at you. It was okay that mama was angry, but it was not okay that I screamed at you. Please forgive me for that. And then we work next to, so you take responsibility, you apologize, they forgive you, and then you talk to them about how they were feeling, what was going on for you, and you help them put their words to their emotions. I was feeling scared. I was feeling angry. I was feeling disgusted. I was feeling sad. Whatever those things are, you help them process what was going on for them. And if they need to apologize, you can encourage that, like just working through manners, right? And so you have this reconciliation between each other. You're helping them process. And then I always love to add in a hug or, you know, arms on the shoulder, some type of physical touch just for that extra connection with them. Once you've reconciled and you've had that recovery time, then you can say, okay, if there needs to be one, you can say, okay, this is what happened. You know, we worked through this, but here's what your consequence needs to be now, you know, and you kind of work through the consequence together. A thoughtful consequence instead of we're packing up this vacation right now. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Or like for me, the go-to for me is you're losing your phone for a week. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, I'm sure that's a very relatable one. <laughs> oh, yeah. She looks at me, rolls her eyes. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> I go, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's one of those things where you just, that recovery piece. Now, that doesn't mean that I want you just to go out and be like, okay, I can just get angry at my kids. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a natural thing. We're going to do it. This is how we work through it. And the beautiful thing of working through this recovery stage is you are showing your kids how to calm down, how to process what the emotions are. There's nothing wrong with being angry or feeling the negative emotion. It's who we are and it's part of who we are. And you're modeling how to work through all of this. And one more thing I just have to say, how many times I've totally done this and maybe you haven't, but how many times has anybody out there listening looked at their kid when they're crying or angry or feeling some type of negative emotion and said, what's wrong with you? 
you know, and you, you say it like you want to help them work through that, but it's not how it comes across as much as we want it to come across in a compassionate way. It tells us there's something wrong with us. We're not right. It's not okay to feel these feelings, right? So instead, that's when we say, what's going on? How are you feeling? What can we do right now to work through what you're feeling right now? You know, and just putting those words to emotions. I love that. And I think that that really allows you to build a foundation of trust and a foundation of safety in the home. Because even if someone does maybe lose control of their emotion or, you know, things get carried away, that a child can have this understanding that there's a safe place to go back to, that there's a moment of reconnection afterwards, rather than just living on the edge of like, oh, but what if I make mommy mad? Or what if I make daddy mad? To recognize that, like, we're going to screw up sometimes. And we always come back to these safe place around, like, here's how we were feeling. This is where I made a mistake. And like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for trust to be built in there. And then for you to always go back to prioritizing safety for your kids in front of your kids. Absolutely. And you're also teaching empathy. It's okay for you in that recovery piece to be like, hey, you know what, what you said to mom really hurt my feelings. Because empathy, just in case anyone needs a a definition on that, that is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. And with all the narcissistic behavior out there that I see and witness and have experienced in my own life, Mm -hmm. the more we can teach empathy to our kids, the better off we will all be. (laughs) That's like my only goal for my child. I don't care if he ever gets an A in his life. want him to be an empathetic male. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the stigma around anger for women. And do you feel like there is a lot of pressure for women to bypass or stuff their anger? I really have a hard time saying just women. I feel like it's really both men and women. Yeah, tell me more. Yeah, it goes right back to where I was talking about society makes us feel like we can't feel you know, we can't, you know, there's medications for not feeling sad. There's medications for not getting angry. And I'm like, no, we need to experience these things. And I'm not ditching the, I'm telling anybody they're bad or wrong or saying medications are bad. I'm just saying there's a time and place for them. But as a whole, right, the society is saying we have to be happy and we can't be upset and we can't feel anything but what's perfect and happy all the time. And we're, again, there's something wrong with us if we don't feel good about it. So I kind of feel like it goes across the board in my experience anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally appreciate that clarification around that because yeah, I agree. And I'm curious, like what I have seen and, you know, we've experienced the world in different ways is that I've seen that So men are encouraged to bypass all emotion. (laughs) And whereas women, there's certain ways it's acceptable for us to be emotional. But I think that we are more conditioned to bypass anger or kind of like the more masculine emotions. Yeah, you know, if you don't experience your anger, a lot of times anger will show up as sadness. Mm -hmm, Um, Totally. So if you cry more than you like stomp your foot or feel angry or frustrated, you might be bypassing anger into sadness because again, like anger has in and of itself, anger has a bad stigma (laughs) just around the fact that, you know, it's scary. It's not okay. You shouldn't be that way. And, and all of these things. So for sure, I would say that sadness or passive aggressive behavior I want to pause on passive aggressive behavior, if you don't mind for a second, because it's the second time you've brought it up. And I would love, I think we need to recognize that as anger. And I'm loving the connection that you're making, because I think when, you know, the context that we've kind of been, or some of the examples that you've been using are around like yelling and like kind of this visible loss of control, where it's like, it's loud and it's visible and you can see it. And passive aggressive behavior is definitely angry behavior, but it's like quiet. You can't really see it. There's not a lot of fanfare about it, but it's so destructive. It is. It's very abusive. I absolutely work with clients who have passive aggressive behavior. And, you know, that comes out like silent treatments. It comes out in being snarky, quote unquote, joking, putting someone down, putting your kids down and um, making them feel like they're not good enough just by the way that you're acting or speaking to them or not speaking to them. So absolutely. And then also just closing off and not being willing to work through anything in the passive aggressive nature is it's all yeah, all absolutely. That's definitely part of destructive behavior. Yeah, I think it's a really important one. And I think that I know when you said it's, it's, I think you said shutting down or being the silent treatment. I was like, oh, like over here raising my hand. Cause that is totally like if I, if things get heated with my husband and I, and we can't kind of come to a quick resolve, I'm in the moment and like speaking to your example of like, I'm going to take away your phone for a week or whatever. I immediately go to this place of like, well, I'm just never going to talk to him again. And I like literally think I'm like, no, really, this time I'm really never going to talk to him again. And then like, Or how many times are we like, we're not going to do that tonight for like a week or, you know, the intimacy thing. <laughs> like, I'm taking that away from you, you know, and it's like, 
But that kind of takes away from you too, if you think about it. <laughs> right, right. <Dang> it. <laughs> no, it's so funny the things that go on. And I think that I probably at times am more guilty of passive aggressive behavior than like visible anger kinds of things. And it's, and not so much with my, I don't feel like I'm passive aggressive with my child, but in my marriage, I'm like, oh yeah. Like, and especially, and this is the other thing that I think is really interesting after having kids, my husband and I didn't really ever argue before having a child because we had like a lot more time and energy for everything, right? Like, let's have a really thoughtful conversation tonight at seven or whatever. And now it's like, I'm exhausted. I don't have time for a thoughtful conversation and I'm just going to like dump on you. And so I feel like since motherhood, and especially as when you're trying to keep it together for the sake of your kids, it's easy, not easy. It's easier though, to be passive aggressive with a partner than to like sit down and have a thoughtful conversation. (laughs) Right. And it's interesting what you just said there, trying to keep it together for your kids. That's where I'm like, no, let it fall apart. So your kids can see how to work through that and make it better. Right. And just like, and show them that this is how we really work. This is how like you get upset. That's normal. You're going to get upset with people. This is how you work through it. And so that's why I'm like, yes, let the anger work itself out and process that. And as you become aware of your triggers and work through your triggers, and as you become aware of calming down and, and allowing yourself, like validating yourself. That's one of the things in the calm down period. I say, tell yourself it's okay that you're angry. Validate the inner person, the inner child inside of you and say, you know what? It's okay that you're angry. Who wouldn't be angry when their child has tapped on their arm 15 times going, mommy, 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 right? Or you've asked your children to pick up their rooms 20 times and they're still not listening. They're messing around. It's okay. Anyone's going to be upset in this moment. And there's nothing wrong with me for feeling upset. So when you validate yourself, you're starting to calm down and that'll get you to more of a productive state where you can go validate your kids and how they were feeling. And just, it's so huge and it's so important and impactful. Mm-hmm, definitely. I want to, you were talking about arguing or having tension between you and your partner in front of your kids. And I read when I was pregnant, I was reading <laughs> like the last time I read a parenting book, but when I was pregnant, I was reading about how the benefits of arguing in front of your children and having conflict for the purpose of having conflict resolution in front of your children. And I've multiple times as my husband and I have, like when we start to get frustrated with each other, sometimes we're just like, we don't have the time or like whatever. Like we just kind of shut it down because it's like, this is just annoying and it's going nowhere. Right. But there's been times where I'm like, oh wait, but Vinny's watching. So actually we're going to continue. <laughs> like we need to, so now we're going to have resolution. You go first. <laughs> like, because there is, I think a ton of value to that, especially for me, someone that did not come from a household where there was any sort of conflict or conflict resolution modeled. That's so important. And I would imagine, you know, if that had been modeled in your household, things could have been really different as well. Absolutely. I agree. Let's talk about the relationship between mom guilt and anger. Mm. So mom guilt's another one of those negative things, negative emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And mom guilt is fantastic because it tells you... (laughs) There we go again. <laughs> Anger is fun. Mom guilt is fantastic. <laughs> right? Because what is it there for? It's there to tell us what's going on and it helps us tune in. Why are we feeling guilty right now? Right. And it helps us make an educated decision. Am I feeling guilty because I'm taking some time for me? This is good for me. I need to re-energize. I need to have that time and, and 
fill my tank, right? So that's the mom guilt that we can let go. Are you feeling guilty because maybe you've tucked your kids in, you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you're thinking about when you screamed at your child or when you threatened your kiddo or whatever it is, right? You took something away from them or maybe you spanked them and you're feeling guilty about that and it festers that right there. That's the guilt I want you to tune into and go, hmm, what can I do about this? What happened? Why was I feeling that way? How can I create more awareness around that trigger and use that mom guilt to push you into action of actually tuning in and going, what was going on for me? So that's why I think mom guilt is really healthy. It's just a conscious. It's telling us what we need to tune into. And it's okay if you need to take time to think how to resolve an issue with your kids, take the recovery the next morning, take the recovery time and work through that with your kids. So I feel like mom guilt is just that really great thing, that intuitive thing that says, okay, what's going on and why? And what do I need to work through here? I talk a lot about data collection and I use this in so many different contexts, but this idea of being able to step back and look at something from a really neutral standpoint and just collect the data to be like, oh, okay. So yesterday when that happened, I got really mad because X, Y, and Z happened and I was tired. The kids were loud, blah, blah, blah. These are like kind of the things. And just really like recognizing like A plus B equals C in this situation rather than like, I'm such a bad person. And I think mom guilt can be very much the same thing. Like, recognizing, oh, I'm feeling this guilt around the situation or scenario. And hmm, I wonder what that's about. You know, maybe it's about A, B or C. And just this, like you said, consciousness around it versus judgment around it. And I think we get so trapped in the judgment around it that it really, really cripples us being able to be objective and have any power in the situation. Well, the thing is, is because there's like spirals. So we can get on a spiral that takes us down, 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 down. Or we can get on a spiral that takes us up. And when we focus on the negative, we're going to keep going down. And so we have to focus on, okay, I need to be productive. How do I get productive in this? And what are the things I need to ask myself to get through this? And then you work yourself up to being thankful and grateful and you get out of that negative spiral of pain. And I think it starts with having to go to neutral. Like you can't go from super angry to be like, I'm just going to think about what I'm grateful for today. Like you have to get to that neutral place. And I think that sometimes, especially in the self-help space, I think that's a piece that can be often missing is we're like, just think happy thoughts. (laughs) And if you're told that, you just want to like strangle the person who told you. No, we need to feel these things. So sometimes if you're really, really, really angry, so alone in the car is really good exercises. If you're home alone, maybe you're in the shower and you can do this. Or if you're driving in the car and nobody else is in there, scream, let it out. There was someone who was really upset with a month or so ago and I Nobody was home and I'm glad my neighbor can't hear very well because I was literally in the shower. I turned the music up. I had like create like loud music on and I just started screaming all of the things, all of the obscenities, all the things, all the hate, everything that I felt towards that person. I had to let it out and release it. And I screamed and I said it all like they were there and just let it all out. And I got to this place where I found compassion and I was able to breathe. I felt lighter. I worked through it. I asked for forgiveness. I'm Christian. So I talked to God about it. 
ask forgiveness there, but I didn't judge myself for letting that out. And it's so important that if you need to write it out in a letter and then burn the letter, I will have my clients do that. But working through that and allowing yourself to just say what you need to say and not judging yourself for it. So you're not holding it in anymore. It's really important and valuable. And I'm telling you this exercise where you're just driving and nobody can hear you scream. I don't care if you lose your voice. You didn't do it yelling at your kids. Did it just to release this energy inside that needs to come out? So that's absolutely acceptable behavior. Go ahead and do that and let that out so you can work through and process that anger, that emotion. And I can't tell you how good you'll feel afterwards. And there's no guilt involved because you haven't screamed at your child. You just let the energy out. Right. And that level of permission, too, I think is so important that we're giving ourselves permission to feel and process. Absolutely. Tell us how one can find abundance and joy in motherhood. <laughs> Got to focus on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. It's true. It is a practice. Yeah. It's what, what you focus on expands. Exactly. What you focus on is what you get. And by allowing yourself to validate yourself by doing the things that I've talked about. And I'll tell you what my trigger tracker is here in a minute, because that'll help you become more aware of things. But just being more aware of who you are and accepting, self-accepting, loving who you are, loving who you were created to be. The more you can love and appreciate who you are and let yourself work through these inner emotions and process, the more joy you will find because you're not resisting it anymore. This negative self-talk that we end up having, telling ourselves that we're terrible, that we're awful moms, that we can't get it right, and we're never going to be good enough. Like All of this inner self-talk has to change to the positive talk, even if you don't believe it at first. One of the things my clients have to do when they're working with me is they have I am statements they have to work out. And they can't, when I'm coaching them, when I'm talking to them, if they say anything negative and they almost like after working with me for a week or two, they're like, oh, she's going to make me say that over. <laughs> and I will I'm like, go back to the drawing board, rewrite that because we need to speak, think, what do we want our kids to believe about themselves? Do we want to believe that they're not good enough, that they're terrible kids, that they're terrible humans? No, but if you're not doing that for yourself, you can't teach that to your kids. And so the more love you give yourself, the more acceptance that you have of yourself, the more, and it's not a vain thing. It's not vain. It's not being selfish. It's literally loving who you've been created to be. And the more that you can love yourself, the more you can give others that love that they need, that they want to see, that they need to receive, right? And you're modeling this to your kids. It's just beautiful. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, last question. In what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Everything I've taught you today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That all counts. <laughs> yeah, I don't have mom guilt, right? Let's say there was like two or three months ago, I woke up feeling like, oh, I just felt this negative energy. I was like, what's going on? And I felt guilty. And I'm like, huh? So I got up, I sat down. It was like three in the morning. But I'm like, if I'm just going to lay here and start going down a negative spiral, I'm getting up. So I got up, I put some music on, I started journaling. And I wrote in some journals to my girls that we have that go back and forth to each other. And all of that was released. And I was just like, ah, you know, so I let that move me to an action. Same thing with when I get upset, I still get angry. People, I get angry. I still get upset with my kids. All right. I don't rage at them anymore. I don't 
throw things at them anymore. I don't hurt them physically anymore because I've worked through that, but I still get upset with my kids, right? I appreciate you pointing that out. (laughs) I actually meant to ask that earlier to be like, so you still get angry, right? (laughs) Yes. Like they still annoy me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Stop talking. I need to finish my cup of coffee first, (laughs) right? But I work through these things with them and it's a beautiful dynamic. I don't focus on guilt in motherhood. I don't focus on negativity. I focus on where do we want to go next? How do we want to expand this relationship? How do we want to work through this? I've got a kiddo who's talking about college. It's not going to be long before she's gone. And I'm like, the more we can work through this now, the better. And I have to tell you, I just want to, I always like to go back to this with my oldest because she's the one who received the most abuse from me. And yet my 16 year old is an incredible person. I adore having teenagers. Don't ever let anybody tell you that teenagers are terrible because they're not. (laughs) The more work that you put into yourself and in this relationship, the better it's going to be. I still get the eye rolls. I still get the snarky little remarks from her, (laughs) you know, because that's where she's at. And Okay, but the relationship that I have with her now as opposed to when we were she was two, it's so beautiful. And we work through stuff, right? And she knows the story, she knows the abuse she got, and I've told her. And so I tell moms it's never too late to work through this stuff with your kids. Just be open with them. I've told her. As you grow and you're working through stuff on, on your own in your own journey, if there's ever anything that comes up for you that makes you feel like we have to work through something that maybe there's some pain associated with your childhood and the abuse you received from me, please come talk to me. I want to help you work through that. There's no reason to be afraid to talk to me about that. So she knows everything that happened to her in this story. And it's just a beautiful reconciliation that her and I have had. Oh my gosh, I so appreciate you circling back to that. I think that's so powerful and just really beautiful and profound and a really great way to end this conversation that we absolutely can mess up and we can mess up in big ways and we can make it better. And I just, I think that that's the epitome of being a shameless mom. So I so appreciate that. Can you tell us where people can find you? And I know you have a trigger tracker, which I love alliteration. (laughs) I'm very excited about the trigger tracker. So tell us about all the places to find you and where, what the trigger tracker is and how people can get connected. Awesome. First of all, if you're out there and you've been angry and you're scared to say anything to anyone, please reach out, reach out to someone that you trust, reach out to me, reach out anywhere, like someone that you feel like you can go to. You're not alone. You're not the only one experiencing the destruction. Other people experience it too. And you can get through this without losing your children or your mind. (laughs) So I just like to throw that out there because I know there's people who are sitting there afraid and like, I can't believe like, I don't know what to do, but you can head over to my website and I have a link specifically for you guys, nataliehickson.com slash SMA for Shameless Mom Academy. And you'll download the trigger tracker. It's something that you do after you've gotten upset, right? And either way, I don't care if you're passive aggressive or if you're aggressive. Once you have a little distance from this and you calm down either an hour or a day or two days beyond whenever, go to this list and it asks you questions like what happened? What time of day was it? What was going on for you? You know, were you tired? Were you hormonal? What was going on? So there's all these questions to help prompt you work through this. And what it does is help create awareness around these triggers for you. The more awareness we have, the easier it is 
for us to do that stop calm and breathing technique to work through these things and helps you understand and validate yourself better. So you can head over there and pick that up. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Natalie Hickson. Awesome. I love it. So I'm going to have everything linked up in the show notes. And then you said that resource is over at nataliehickson.com slash SMA. Perfect. For the trigger tracker. Yep. All right. So I will have that all linked up in the show notes for people if they go over to shamelessmom.com and just click on the interview with Natalie Hickson. It'll all be right there. Oh my gosh, Natalie, this has been amazing. So powerful. I know this is going to deeply, deeply touch some shameless moms who really needed some support around this. So I want to thank you for being here and for the impact that you're having on this community today. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. And it's always fun to shed some light on how awesome anger is. (laughs) Exactly. See, anger is so fun. (laughs) Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Before I let you go, Mama, I have two quick, cool things for you. So first of all, Natalie has a special gift for you. So she's giving our whole audience, all of our listeners, access to her trigger tracker, which is a first step to overcoming destructive anger so that you can be in a more fun place, a more present place, a more joyful place as a mom, as a wife, as a woman. The trigger tracker will help you identify your triggers, create awareness around them, and support you in changing your mindset around the things that trigger your anger. So to get that, you just need to go to nataliehickson.com slash SMA, and we'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. Natalie's last name is H-I-X-S-O-N, so that's nataliehickson.com slash SMA. Lastly, If you haven't already gone over to check out the Shameless Mom Con Collective and get yourself signed up for that, registration is only open for a short time and I do not want you to miss out on this amazing opportunity to be connected to Shameless Moms in this virtual four-week experience where you will be able to restore hope, to tap into that innate power that you're probably struggling to find right now, to cultivate courage in the face of fear and unpredictable times, and to connect with other mamas in ways that are life-giving and also fun and hilarious sometimes and all the good things. So for that, go over to shamelessmomcon.com. That's shamelessmomcon.com. And we will see you in the collective. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.